quite amazing. Ask not what your voice can do for you. What's up? It's Haas Boys. Yes. How you going, guys? Good. So good. Good. Uh, my name's Parker. You guys know our names. <laughs> We've been at this for 32 episodes now. Wow, wow. that is 32 weeks of good F1 talk. You remember when we tried to do two episodes in a night? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. We've been doing this for a while, and that was a hard night. That was not a good idea. <laughs> it did not pan out. That episode never got released, huh? It did not. No, it was just trash. So if you're a deep listener, <laughs> deep fan, you know yeah. there's an unreleased hidden episode somewhere. <laughs> hey, maybe we'll like start a Patreon and they can get that episode. They'll yeah. be so excited that they paid to listen to <laughs> us asleep. Yeah. So I had COVID and then it was like midnight when we started that episode. Yeah. And it was like the second episode we ever did. And uh so we tried that once. We did try that. But in case you're just joining us, my name is Parker. Oh. We're sitting Parker. at a table. You can watch the videos. We're sitting at a table. Mike is sitting next to me. Hi. And Max is sitting across from me. Hello. I'm sitting in an easy chair, office chair. Max is sitting in like an easy office chair. And Mike is sitting in a Harley Davidson camp chair. Why you? We're not endorsed by them. Don't like give them what credit. Ha- what happened to your? What happened to the cool chair? And sometimes your house needs that chair. <laughs> <laughs> not to mention we are in Mike's basement studio. Correct. Do not let the fans know the illusion. We're in a high end <laughs> studio. Yes. <laughs> this is not Wayne's world yeah. in real life. Oh wait, it is. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're scrappy like Haas, though. Yes, mm. we are. Mm-hmm. They're all heroes. Exactly. <laughs> Guys, we're going to start out this episode with a cue. Okay. Okay. All right. This question is coming from listener Dip Dempsey. Ooh. Sounds regal. Yeah. (laughs) Mr. Dempsey. That's great. Yeah. New listener. Thank you you for the question. Good to hear from you, Dip. Take a dip. You old dip. I'm ready to dip into Dip's question. (laughs) All right. Let's dip on in. Question number one of one. (laughs) You have a garage with space for three cars. Money's no object. Which three cars? These are the only three cars you can have. Mm, This is a good question. And I I feel like I am always hesitant to tell people about my actual dream cars because I don't want them to go buy them and jack the prices up because I have very cheap taste when it comes to dream cars. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but Mike, you go first. Why me? Because you, you live <sighs> life as cars. You probably, you, you have some up here. Yes, that's true. That I have want. I have a lot of pictures of vehicles and such. I already know uh, one of your cars. Oh, okay. Go for it. I don't know what year. Oh, okay. But it's a 912. A yeah. Porsche 912. I do okay. love the 912. I do. And uh, I think if money was no object though, it might get replaced in the lineup. Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. It is one of my uh, sought-after cars, and nerdy reasons, because the 911 has a six-cylinder, which is also very cool. Yeah. But it's heavier. So sometimes you can make more power with the four, and it's a better balanced car. So actually, for that reason, my favorite car, and the car that I would go after immediately, is a Porsche 904. And we'll probably have to post a picture of this in, the, in our show notes, because people probably don't know what it looks like. But it was actually... Rumored to be the car that Ferrari stole the Ferrari Dino design from. Really? Yeah. So it's one of Porsche's early mid-engine race cars. It's a four-cylinder. Oh my gosh. It looks like a Dino. They did also make a six-cylinder version, but it is a very cool car. Mm. Super lightweight. Interesting. It's pretty much a Porsche Dino. Okay. You have the Porsche Dino. Funny. Um, And then... Probably because I would just want a 912. Good luck in 912. Another Porsche. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I feel like I'd want a Range Rover Classic because I have one. So, but hear, hear me out. Okay, okay, I just one. want one that's <laughs> I want one that's better than mine. No. The, the one where the center console isn't hanging on by wires. Yeah, where you push the window button and the whole console doesn't fall <laughs> into the ground. Uh, um, mm-hmm. But uh, don't, don't talk crap on my Range Rover. I mean, okay. I oh, but you <laughs> you've been slowly building that Ranger, and every I, I swear it used to be like this is the crappiest piece of trash and now every time you see it, you're like I love this you've like it, it, the love is getting stronger every time you see it it's definitely got a lot of charm to it but I think uh, you gotta have the SUV to lug the kids around and when you need to tow your race car so I would I'd be stoked to have one that's 
very well put together. Yeah. But those would be my three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my cars would be, <laughs> uh, I'll just say it. I think I've wanted one ever since, I think Mike told me about it. Every car I want, Mike has told me about. <laughs> um, but And I've watched the price slowly go up. Um, and that, it just makes me mad. I, I do want a Mazda AZ-1. Yeah. Just the tiny, tiny Japanese K car, supercar with the gull wings. I love any car where the wings open differently from what they should. Yeah. And and now everyone does videos about these. Donut Media d- did a video about it. It's like Doug Margario, whatever his name is. Demuro. Yeah. And the more people find out about these, the price goes up. They used to be pretty affordable. Right. And now they're just slowly creeping up and it's making me mad yeah but i for do sure. i would love one of those yeah. i okay. um me and my girlfriend have gotten really into like the Saab 900 turbos so from the early 90s late 80s yeah. that really would cool. be a really fun car but i mean see my garage is very cheap um <laughs> affordable obtainable vehicles <laughs> yeah. yeah um i also have become a lamborghini person since last year okay. Yeah, and well, I, which ones? I I I would want like a early '90s Diablo. I think those are sick looking. Yeah, I used to really want a or a Ferrari Testarossa, and then going to f- the Ferrari museum and then the Lamborghini factory the same day. <laughs> yeah, I was like Lamborghini's just kind of cooler. Ferrari is really pretentious. They are. <laughs> And I, me personally, I'm just more of like a scrappy dude. It's like I want to go for the underdog and Lamborghini is like an underdog compared to Ferrari. And I just like that. I would switch out the Saab for like a air-cooled 911. Yeah. I love the Targas, but I'll take any of them. Totally. That's my garage. Mazda Z1, air-cooled 911, and a Lamborghini Diablo. Okay. That's cool. It's funny. I've literally never considered this question, at least not in my adult life. Like I'm honestly struggling to even think of what I would want. But it were, or rather, I know what I want, but they're all cheap cars. Right. Mm. Like there's nothing I want that's like a ridiculously beautiful car. I was going to say, I feel like that's the trait of somebody who has new money and doesn't know how to use it. Yeah. And I feel like the reason that we kind of think like this is because it's like, well, I can't justify this 80s sob, but I sure want it. Yeah. And the second that you get the chance, you're like, I don't need to go buy something lavish to just be excited about an 80s Saab. Yeah. Do you and know if, what and I if mean? if money was no option, you buy the 50 grand 80s Saab that is immaculate. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect car. Perfect. Yeah. Or you buy that Renault Turbo 5 or whatever, and it's just sick. It's just the ultimate version of the car that you were after anyways. Yeah. There's a lot of new money where we live. Yeah. And you, I see Lamborghinis and Ferraris daily. Right. And, and McLaren. never used to be like that. McLaren's everywhere. Everywhere. It never was like that. No. And I think that is just people with a lot of money who don't know what cool cars are. Yeah. They're just like, what's the most expensive one? Yeah. That's the one. I heard somebody say McLaren once. Yeah. I'm going to get one. So we have a friend who was gifted an Aston yeah. Martin by Lawrence Stroll. We don't know. We can't say names, but yeah, <laughs> this and is I true. Went, I went and sat in it the other day and gosh, it felt like a Ford Taurus <laughs> <laughs> from like 2005. It also kind of looks like one. If I you know sat what I mean. in that thing and I'm just like, this does not feel like mm. a nice car at yeah. all. This feels like a Kia. And yeah. he, and the reason I was curious to sit in it and check it out is because I knew that this friend mm-hmm. had sat in the car and pushed on the start button, uh-huh. which is in the center of the dash. It's like a... The Wiz Khalifa, vertical. push to start. Yeah. yeah it's like no a vertical keys. push. It's not like push in. It's like push down uh-huh. on the dash. And it f- the button fell into the dash. Yeah. Oof. That is... It like disappeared. So what you're saying is that this Aston Martin push to start button does what my window regulators do (laughs) in my Range Rover. Yeah, (laughs) just goes into the car wherever you push it. And that's why I wanted to sit in it. And I sat and I'm like, oh yeah, this is a creaky, Mm. like uh, you remember your 99 Jeep, there was a 98 Jeep uh, uh, Cherokee, Grand, yeah, Grand Cherokee. Cherokee that you turn and you, it was just <laughs> yeah. the whole yeah. car just creaked. Yeah. It wasn't that bad, but it did feel like it did feel like a mm. mid 2000s Ford Taurus. Is Aston Martin a British company? It is. Mm, sorry, Britain. Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, I'm Canadian. But I think Parker, you think you oh, do better than it. that. All right. So my cars, yeah. I'm obsessed with the FJ60 and the FJ62 Land Cruisers. I just cannot get that out those of like my mind. Are those like the older kind of cool retro yeah. SUVs? It was my first car. So right. I had an we FJ62. It was we, my first car. We share this. Yes. Um, it started out with like the really blocky 
cars that are like cube in the back and then the engine kind of sticks mm-hmm. out. The, the, those are the older ones. Mm-hmm. And then, well, there was a lot of older ones, but we'll just say they were really blocky. And then in the in the FJ62 and or FJ60 and FJ62 were kind of this not the second shoe generation version middle generation which is more of a shoebox it has these cool lines kind of like the Toyota pickups from that mm-hmm. era like the back to the future Toyota pickup just really nice and square and just has the sickest look and they're big mm. and just really amazing trucks and I'm just obsessed with them and then from mm. there they kind of turned it into the bubbly thing and Lexus yeah. Lexus started making them and anyways I'm just obsessed with cool. them they get me going Every time I see them on the road, there's a really nice one next to where I live and I just stop and I just look at it. So I'm obsessed with those. If money was no option, sorry, purists, I would tear it apart and put a put an LS in it. And no, no need to apologize to me. Do, do, do a 2UZ, use a Lexus V8. Two, or a 2UZ and put a, like really, like all power everything. <laughs> Max and, is like, you nerd. The Z125. <laughs> the Z125. Power everything. Let's put Bluetooth in it and just like yeah. new suspension and just make 100%. it a really nice ride. Right. Because I love an old car. I also don't want to deal with all the gremlins. So. Right. But notice that you're apologizing to Pyrrhus. When I said I wanted to do that to my Range Rover, <laughs> I didn't need yeah. to apologize to anybody. Yeah. That's part of the culture that I like about Range Rovers. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's like, please tear it yeah. completely apart it's and put trash. better guts in it's it. It's almost trash. <laughs> Anyways. I've always liked having a poor man's dream car and then my rich man's dream car. Yeah. I have my poor man's dream car, the Honda Element. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. another one of my cars. Uh, Max, yeah. Max yeah. owns another car. I and I've just have never considered what's the rich man's green, dream car for me i just really don't know the second one and i know this isn't this is a really unobserved choice a ford f-150 it's the ford (laughs) f-150 from 2023 (laughs) uh no okay i'm actually gonna skip that one my second one that a a car that i've been obsessed with forever is the 240z oh yeah late 70s 240z like those those datsuns or nissans i love those so much they're cool um if poor man's porsche yeah and they're sick and they're and to be honest I I have I know that you're gonna laugh at me. I have owned a 240Z, and really? it was one of my favorite cars I've owned. Oh my gosh! And uh, but yeah, it's that inline six. There's something about the sound that car yeah. produces. It only has two mm. seats, which I kind of dig because Porsche's like lying to you. <laughs> By saying there's, there's two back seats. Oh yeah, yeah, there's the two back they, seats in my Porsche are not seats. They do not exist. <laughs> yeah. And seats. so, but like I like in the Nissan that they sort of just were like, no, this is a two seater yeah. with a hatch. So you can fit some things in the back. Yeah, yeah. that's smart. Yeah. So, but it's, it drives great. It sounds great. It's yeah. a super fun car. So that's a really good choice. And you can get them for $12,000. Right. And um, good shape. I'd like to, in great shape. I'd like to get two, keep one as stock as I can, and then do an electric conversion on the other one. That's blasphemy. So anyways, <laughs> uh, and then the third one, I, I don't know. I don't know what the third one would be. I, I, speaking of the Dino, I know it's like the worst Ferrari, but I love the look of the Dino. Right. And I didn't know Porsche made a car that looked like that. And now I'm like, I am that Porsche. But I have to say the third car would probably be a motorcycle and it's the mm. 75 CB750. Yeah. And I've got, Three of them. So I'm, <laughs> I'm perfectly happy. You just turn those into just, one really good one. Yeah, yeah. I genuinely, I genuinely, just, I'm just obsessed with that bike. And so the, cool. the third really car cool. is a bike. I dig that. Yeah. I think that should should explain to our listeners a little bit about our personalities, what kind of things that <laughs> yeah. we're interested in. And I feel like car taste is one of those kind of interesting anomalies that you could kind yeah. of be like, oh, I kind of get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, knowing you us, like that talk car. Talk to us next week and it will be different. Well, that's yeah. my biggest and, problem. And like, how recently did I watch Mad Max? It will depend on how much I want an El Camino. <laughs> There's a lot or of crap out there. You have talked about El Caminos a lot. I know. And they're sick. That is a sick, sick car. Okay, yeah. so maybe next time. It's a crappy version of a car and a crappy truck. So <laughs> I I'm not the biggest fan. We'll do this biannually. And I'm sure it'll shift about 70% every time. For thanks, sure. Thanks, Dip. The old Dippy. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we got our big old Tostito out for that one. Thanks, Dip. <laughs> I'm just stuck. Uh, get, gotta bleed Shift. it. <laughs> gotta bleed it. Yeah. Shifting gears, two weeks ago, we had a really interesting conversation with a guest and listener Trevor O'Corin. Yeah. We talked to him about why he's a fan of Lewis Hamilton and why he's a fan of Mercedes. It's a pretty interesting chat. Max and I don't know a ton 
we know enough. You guys we know, know enough. We don't know a ton. And we were sitting there listening to this and we're like, we're like, yeah, he's making really good points, but we really wanted to get your take. So Mike, did you listen to the episode? <laughs> I did. And we want to get your response to the Mercedes Lewis episode. It was a really great episode. I like the uh, contrast to our uh, ever abrasive opinions <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> towards the Mercedes camp. And also, you know, I think that kind of going along with what we've t talked about in the past that like our generation was raised with great 80s movies around beating the rich kid yeah. and beating the, the guys who should be winning. And so I think that there, again, is like natural programming for all of us to still remain that way. But, you know, I also see that like, you know, when I started watching, uh, you know, years ago, there was periods of dominance that had this same feeling that Mercedes had with Ferrari and Michael Schumacher. A big reason why I'm a fan of Mick, but I'm not really that big of a fan of his dad is because his dad was Lewis of his era, yeah, right? Way dirtier though. So, right? <laughs> right, and came with a little bit more controversy than Lewis does for sure. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you fast forward to Sebastian and, I, and, and Red Bull, and I remember being like, I really like seeing Sebastian win and I really like Red Bull and it's a cool combination, but dominance is, is just not very fun to watch. Yeah. And so regardless of even the most of the topic for me around Mercedes is not so much a discussion of whether or not I like the team or I like their drivers, which includes Lewis. It's more so that I just really wanted the end of dominance, Yeah. which right now, unfortunately, we're finding ourselves in a little bit again. And I'm hoping that Ferrari brings the pain this week in Singapore mm -hmm. and just dominates this race. But uh, also I thought that like Trevor's points of, of discussing why the team's strengths are found in Toto and found in Lewis and their ability to kind of keep positive morale. And, you know, and again, like he said, you, you can sort of as a sounding board, watch television or watch anything that's going to make Mercedes look bad mm -hmm. and convince yourself that they are the enemy, they're evil, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, but ultimately, like, I, I think that, like, right now, this year, I'm cheering for Mercedes. Yeah. I do want to see Lewis or George mix it up, get in there, pull off a win, just so that way we don't have only Ferrari and Red Bull winners this year. Yeah. And so I'd love to see them pull it off. But again, I think, you know, his points were great. I thought he made really good points. Um, but at the end of the day, Haas is still the best team on the grid. I think it was funny. I, right after that we recorded that or after that episode came out, I think on YouTube, I was pushed a video of Lewis Hamilton, like a day in the life of Lewis at Mercedes. And I sent it to you guys. And it's just like, he goes through the Mercedes headquarters and there's one whole wing of just people at computers. Wing. And he's like, these are the people working on the engine. And it's like, wow. And then he turns around, there's like a whole nother wing of computers and people in cubicles. He's like, these are the people working on the engineering and the aerodynamics. And I'm like, Holy hell, this is the biggest organization and teams and teams of people working on one car. Haas, I don't know. It's just Gunter I, and Gene. It's Gunter and Gene <laughs> on a sketchbook. Yeah, I think they have one iPad Pro that they're splitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's but, on a payment plan. But yeah, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever worked at a company that had an entire floor dedicated to one thing like that. Yeah. Because these companies weren't capable of dedicating an entire floor to anything. Yeah. <laughs> and so for, you know, him, yeah, left turn. Oh, this side's completely dedicated to the engine. And this side's <laughs> completely dedicated yeah. to the wing. Yeah. Just one of them. Yeah. And Gunter's like, and so this is Juan. He is dedicated <laughs> to uh, the whole car. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and then there's craft services. And that's about it. <laughs> and I did like Trevor's point of view. And like, yeah, they're working as a team. And that's admirable. Because then they were working as a team and they're like getting successes. Right. And so like, yeah, I can see that side. I can also like see like, oh, and it's awesome to root for the underdog who's like doesn't have anything and is getting points and winning. Yeah. Right. So Trevor did, he did have a lot of great points. And it's it's nice that we are that counterbalance to all of the fandom of Lewis and Mercedes. Right. Because which one's funner? Yeah, exactly. 
Like, and, like, let's be honest. Like, which one is funner? And, and I also like love, this is the fun, well, they have the a lot of bus. They We're have riding a, the exact, fun bus. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they, they definitely have a lot of fun winning. I and think then, too. But yeah. And then when it's also just a lot more fun when Lewis says something like. Oh, we shouldn't be swearing when we're driving. It's not good for the children. And it's like he is off in winner's land. Like he has never known. Oh, well, what and it's then like the week the later, he yeah, says it, something that's like worse than what, I've heard the in first race ten years. Never, <laughs> the first race he's been at the back of the paddock, and he's, he's losing his mind. It's he's, like okay, saying swears he's making up. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just, it yeah. is it is really funny because all of that said, we can absolutely see why somebody would be a Mercedes fan. <laughs> But it's on this side of the yeah. aisle. This is a funner place to be because we're yeah. rooting for a team that is coming from almost zero. Williams yeah. was zero. Yeah. Right. But almost zero and they're fighting the top. And that's a, it's just a different fandom. Mm. Other people are excited because they're like, oh, this is the team that's winning. I think I'm going to keep watching this because it's fun to watch people succeed. But maybe people like us just have a little bit more of a stomach for failure we're like, cool, let's just watch this and see if they can pull something out rather than watching another team that's just polished continue to polish themselves. Mm. Um, anyways. Did you say polish themselves? So, but yeah, the yeah. other thing is, is if we, <laughs> if we look not, <laughs> if we look not very far back, a lot of what Formula One was, was a bunch of teams that didn't make cars. They made race cars. So we're talking Williams, right? right? And we're talking about the F Sahara Force India, like the teams that for not very long ago were non-OEM based teams. Mm. And when the sport was kind of in its infancy, there was a ton of that. Yeah. And a lot of these companies evolved and they were like, oh, we should make road cars because we've kind of figured out how to do mm. that. Let's do it. And McLaren for the longest time only had made one car that was road production. What the was rest. That? It was the McLaren F1. It was named the F1. Oh, cool. Mr. Bean owned one. <laughs> yeah, he does. No yeah. joke, Roman Atkinson. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he has a massive collection. But the but the McLaren F1 is one of those cars that's appreciated in value, like insane amounts. And then McLaren started making road, road cars a little bit more recently in the last decade or so. And it's become a car company and a race team. But, you know, to sh again, to show a comparison there, McLaren Cars is an Instagram handle. McLaren Instagram handle belongs to the F1 team. No mm. way. Because that's where they started. That's mm. cool. That's really cool. And so Haas is a McLaren of a few decades ago. Mm. Oh, They're cool. a race team making race cars that almost has no business doing it. Mm. And that's the kind of, that's it's the roots of the sport that I like. Yeah. And, you know, Williams has hung on <laughs> barely uh, by being one of those teams. But, I, you know, again, like, a Mercedes, it's an amazing thing that they have. They have a superpower behind them to produce an unbelievable race car. And we have to applaud them that they can take that superpower and make something really fast. Yeah. Mm. You know, be a great shame if they couldn't. Yeah. But I also have to applaud an underdog who can compete with them. Yes. As much as we poo-poo any of these different teams, all of them are doing something really amazing and they are out on the cutting edge like people that are going up in rocket ships or are right. you know trying to solve the world's great problems they're pushing physics and human beings to their absolute limits and so mm. even the worst team is still a pretty cool thing yeah shifting gears again Max and I have been getting teased by Mike all week about a big scoop. And all we just week, can't wait to hear it. And it's just Monday, but like literally all week. <laughs> no, literally all week. We got that text at like 3 p.m. <laughs> and I've been shaking in my boots. Mike, for those that are just joining us, is our resident expert in all things gasoline. In all things. In, in all things, full stop. Yeah, in all things, full stop. I'll take that. Yeah. We've got a special this week. Yeah, this one's... Mike juicy okay and it's almost a continuation of last week really which is part of the reason why i was so excited that it made sense in this order so what some controversy more controversy and more controversy that features fernando alonso let's go so last week we talked a little bit about 2007 mclaren ron dennis getting in trouble lewis hamilton and fernando alonso were teammates at mclaren that year but moving forward, Fernando Alonso went back to Renault. 
So he returned to the team that he had left. Whoa, he's jumped around a lot. A lot. Which is why a lot of people kind of consider him like the biggest bridge burner in F1. And he's like, <laughs> he's the doorknob of F1. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone gets a turn. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Opening doors? Because <laughs> so, he opens doors yeah. to opportunities. Every, oh, everybody gets their turn. Yeah. There you oh, go. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So, so Fernando Alonso returns to Renault, the team that he won two championships with, mm-hmm. only for the team to really suffer. Mm. Okay, really not be as fast or as competitive as they once were. His teammate Nelson Piquet Jr. So Max Verstappen, you might have heard of him. Mm-hmm. He's dating Kelly K- Kelly Piquet, which is senior. The <laughs> no. yeah, yes, correct. <laughs> no, but he's dating his sister, and uh, oh, really? Oh, they're okay. siblings. Yeah, they're siblings. Oh. So, but that Nelson Piquet Jr. So Nelson Piquet is the dad. Is a, is the dad who is a former Formula One champion? Okay, and so lots of racing in the blood of this family. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so Fernando and Nelson are teammates at Renault. 2008 was the first year that Singapore was on the calendar. And <gasps> this is good timing. And it was the first night race for Formula One. Ever? Ever. Oh, that's exciting. Crazy. Yeah. And it was, I think that like part of that must have been something to do with lights and the speed. They had to get faster lights. <laughs> right. <laughs> or even just being able to say that we can light an entire road course. Right. Where like a coliseum of speed in air quotes for NASCAR is a little easier to light. Yeah. Um, than two or five miles, you know. So Singapore's racetrack was added to the calendar in 2008. And it was the first year they ever did it. And during the race, they had a, pr- or during the weekend, they had a pretty poor qualifying effort. Fernando qualified, I think, 15th place. How does that compare to how they've been doing? I think they were able to get top 10s mm-hmm. and sneak them in there, but I don't think that they were quite even achieving podiums or wins that entire year. So it was like a little lackluster, a little bit of a bummer going from a team that was challenging for wins and Lewis and Fernando missing the championship by one point to Kimi in 2007. Both of them were tied wow. for a second. That's an intense... Ender. Super intense ending. Alonso won two with for Re- Renault. Mm-hmm. And then also Renault was powering the Red Bull that won four right. championships. So Renault knows how Renault to make a race to, car. Used to be good. Right. And so this was a very weird pocket of trying to get the car up to snuff. Rough showing at Singapore. Right. And so they go out, they qualify. He qualifies 15th. And then on the, during the race, they decided to run him on a strategy that they would only fill the car a little bit. And this was back in refilling. Oh, far out. Which is pretty nuts for gas. Yeah. Um, given that's why that's how old Fernando Alonso is. Yeah. <laughs> they were refilling cars still. They did decided to do a light load of fuel to begin and do a an early pit stop to be opposite strategy to the rest of the field. So he comes in something like around lap twelve, fills the car, changes the tires, and then sometime in the next few laps, Nelson PK spins out smacks the wall and crashes which brings out a safety car because they can't get to his car without a you know a record to come out and pull him off the off the racetrack right that sets up the opportunity for everyone to come in change tires add fuel and so fernando sneaks his way up into the lead because everyone then Uh had to have a pit stop i mean so far this is legit right right okay and so, a great outcome. Right. This is exactly why you might do an opposite strategy. Correct. Is because you might anticipate, especially in the first race at a new track, an accident that would reset the field. It's a Love smart it. strategy. And so, Fernando ends up winning the race. And he said, it, he called it in his interview a, a race that would be remembered forever in a historical F1 race. And, uh, that's the that's the bomb you Here, dropped okay, on Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the, here's the best part. They move on. Everybody moves on from this. Nothing happens. Wow. Okay? Whoa. We move on. We move on to the next season. Whoa. <laughs> Fast forward. Are you ready for this yeah. to get juicy? Because yes, it hasn't. Because I've yeah. been waiting. Yeah. Did your snooze fest? Okay. So here here's where it comes. So the next season, <sighs> they're racing. Fernando gets 
somewhere around like 13 points in the races that they've done somewhere mid calendar and Nelson PK Jr. has zero. And so Renault decides, you know what? We're done. Thank you. And they let him go and they hire a new young driver named Roman Grosjean. And PK starts talking. Roman Grosjean. Exactly. (gasps) So because Nelson PK Jr. was let go, he went to the FIA and he said, uh, you know what's interesting about Singapore 2008? Renault orchestrated the exact place I needed to crash, forcing a safety car, and when. Whoa. So that way that they could get the outcome that they wanted, which was guaranteeing Fernando Alonso the win. Oh my gosh, ah, dude. They, how did they force him to crash? He, he On his spun own. it. He whiskey throttled coming out of one of the corners, did a 180 and smacked the wall. Easy and, to do. Right. And it would look like it was and it would look like it was an accident. And they knew in that position they'd have to pull out a wrecker right. truck and stop the, the safety race. car would have to come out and collect Whoa. the field. And My so gosh. Flavio Briatori, which you might have heard me say his name before, was team principal at Renault. And uh, I'm forgetting the other dude's name, so forgive me. I've already forgotten his name. They were both banned from Formula One. Forever? Flavio was banned forever. (laughs) Holy crap. And the other guy suffered a less of a penalty because he came forward and was honest about what happened after Nelson did. He was banned for a year and publicly spanked. Yeah. (laughs) That was his lesser punishment. And then Reno was put on notice that if they did anything shifty or sketchy like this wow. again, they would be banned permanently. Wow. Which stands to this day? No, it, I think it was like a two year ban that they had to be on their best behavior. Time, you're on timeout. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Singapore morning. holds one of the juiciest controversies for its first race. Dude, ever hosted. That's amazing. And then Fernando Alonso was the winner. How did how did they, I mean, did, were they able to prove that this Nelson PK Jr. was telling the truth? Yes, because I think, I believe that there was he like- He could have just wanted to get them. There was more- Despite them. There was more evidence of the plan. Uh, and then I think that because that number just two- like sketches. Came through. Hand and, drawn by yeah. Flavio, whatever <laughs> yeah. his name is. You just crash like, here. Yeah. And if you've ever heard Flavio speak, that was the best impersonation of a Flavio you've ever heard. the most difficult to understand human being. This guy got removed from his sport. Completely because of this move, and they did they did take it back in the last like two years, saying that you can now join and just like come to the paddock if you want to see a race. Fifteen years later, yeah, and so, wow, that's amazing, that's crazy, insane. So Fernando just happened to be around for the two biggest controversies for two different manufacturers. Wow, that's crazy, and he was dubbed as like the innocent, didn't know. Well, I don't think he knew, and all. so he just won. But a lot of people had their <laughs> doubts. I don't think he knew. Like, he knew. If, if Nelson knew, right? I don't know. There's that like feeling of kind of being like, I know Fernando Alonso, and if you tell him you're going to short pit him at like lap twelve, he'd be like. This strategy sucks. Why you yeah. call me in? He's be mouthing off over the radio, and so I feel like that's uh, that's the only thing that kind of doesn't sell it for me. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, super interesting beginning to the Singapore Grand Prix. Wow! But otherwise, is a freaking fantastic racetrack, and there's tons to discuss about it alone, just as a circuit and what kind of races we have seen. Okay, so what turn was this on, and can we keep an eye out for it on the at the next race? That's a great question. I do not know. Oh, here's something that I might have wrong. <laughs> um, Singapore, turn it's 17. the Singapore slingshot. Is that something I've heard of? Where there's like a curb that will launch people? <laughs> I, I do think there is. <laughs> is that? I think it's gone this, now, right? Yeah, this track is also known for being one of the bumpiest. So it's kind of like Baku and like. Canada that it's a rough surface because it is a street circuit. Yeah, but yeah, I think that the curbs are a big topic of conversation every year because they it's abusive to the cars and to the drivers. And these new cars have stiffer suspensions than they did the year before. Oh yeah, so I'm sure a lot of them are dreading this (laughs) a lot. 
Lewis's back is. I mean, he barely made it to the car before. Oh, God bless him. <laughs> what a hero. But it, it, uh, to answer your question, uh, it was on turn 17. Okay. Uh, and uh, let's see if I can... Uh, Pat Simons was the other gentleman who was banned. So Flavio Briatore and Pat Simons. So can we talk about this for just a sec? Why do these drivers keep doing this? Like, why... Uh, it just is something that makes zero sense to me that you would be a premier world athlete and your team is like, hey, can you do something like sketchy or cowardly or make yourself look stupid in order for your teammate to win, please? This is kind of going back to what you think about Bottas and yeah. Lewis. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, that's a good question. No, it's it's exactly yeah, Bottas. totally. And I, and I just don't get that. Yeah. It's like, what is this conversation? It's like, we'll pay you, f- are they paying them? Yeah, and I mean, I think there's I some this. beat into submission with cash that is possible for people. It's like your self-esteem is here, but how much is your self-esteem worth? Yeah. Can we equal that in cash? Yeah. So that way I can just get you to do what I want you to do? Yeah. And it feels a little bit like that. And do you know? Is that is that what they're doing? I mean, I think I, I would assume that being dubbed as... Lewis Hamilton's teammate, Valtteri goes into the history books is Ruben Bar- Rubens Barrichello. So it's like you do become driver number two on the best team in history. Mm-hmm. And so you are remembered. <laughs> and that's what doesn't make but sense. But it's to like me. you're remembered as driver number two. The most yeah. wins without winning a championship ever. Right. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's just a leap it. there where it's like one thing of letting Lewis pass or aborting the fastest lap attempt or crashing your car right? so Alonzo can get the advantage. Well, and I think that it's funny that like there is a line in the sand. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying that crashing your car so your teammate wins the race mm-hmm. is uh, acceptable mm-hmm. by any stretch. But it's funny that there's a line in the sand that says you can do something to make it so your teammate wins without crashing into the wall. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's basically what Valtteri did for his entire mm-hmm. time at Mercedes is anything that you can to make it so Lewis comes home first. Mm. Blocking teammate or blocking other drivers, whether they've given him <laughs> ten engine penalties. There was that joke yeah. last year where there was a stack of engines in a garage behind him. <laughs> or crashing through the entire pack on turn one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and where was that? Turkey? There's is it Spa? Belgium? No. Was it uh, was like the uh, Hungara ring or something? The Hungara ring. Nangaring. The Nangaring. It was a Hungaring. Uh, the Hungaro ring, I think, is where that took place. But it was a rainy race, yeah, and he just biffed it into the first corner. And just wrecked out, like, five guys. <laughs> just a bowling pin. Yeah. They were all bowling pins. He was the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's interesting. Well, that is that is a nuts story, Mike. Yeah. There are just so many of these. Like, we will never run out of these amazing stories. That's part of why I love the sport. Yeah. it's It's incredible. Plus, you know, you think about how... We've only really capped two years in this la- in these last two episodes of yeah. just major controversies that happened in each year. Mm. Yeah. It's insane. It, it's an insane to think, like, imagine, imagine next week we hear of some major controversy and Otmar Schaffenauer is caught with his crack pipe and yeah. he's banned forever. He crack, that or guy. Daniel Ricardo's caught driving pantsless. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Nobody knows. Wait. You can't tell. It's like a Zoom call. <laughs> Nobody knows if you're wearing pants. It's, it's always head up, baby. It's always, yeah, It's know. waist to head only, He always waits to get back into the garage to get yeah. out of the car. Yeah. They're holding up like a curtain. Yeah. <laughs> he's just completely nude waist down. Yeah. You never know. You never know. Pretty, uh, it's predictable, I think, actually. It's also wild for me to think that, uh, you know, we're talking about 2008, and that seems like a long, long time ago. There has been like three different periods of F1 that are like unrecognizable right. to today. Right. Before that. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, it's really, really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much for that, Mike. Yeah. You're a real scholar. <laughs> you know that? You know. Just here for the, for the weekend. Speaking of the Singapore Grand Prix, that's coming up. Speaking of, it's coming up. It's coming up. Everything's coming up. Ross, Seek this week. Mm-hmm. So let's give ourselves a little prep for this race. Yeah. What can we, the fans, look out for at Singapore? I know that spray painting is a felony. 
Oh, yes. And that spitting your gum on the ground is a misdemeanor. Correct. Crazy Rich Asians was filmed in Singapore, right? That's yeah. where it like takes place. Yeah. Aquafina is their country mascot. You can get five Michelin star top ramen from like a street car on every corner. Something like that. I am. I think it's a law. I like it. It's a pretty fancy place. Yeah. First Grand Prix was in 2008. And this race takes place at night. Again, the first one to do it. But a big reason for that is because of its location. It is basically on the equator. Mm. And so there's not a time of year that's better. <laughs> and oh. there's not really a situation that's better. It's so, so it's so like, hot. okay, we're going to run it at night. I've seen uh, recently on Formula One driver Instagrams just them doing like on a cycle inside a sauna. Right. Just prepping for the heat it and the endurance hot. of the race. I've heard. They wow. lose like something up to 15 pounds in this race. Wow. Because they sweat that much. Do drivers actually wow. like this race? <laughs> no and yes. Yeah, okay. Because it's a great challenge. So a lot of the racetracks uh, like Monaco and things like that end up being kind of what's more rewarding for the driver. Yeah. Because it's not the easiest one to win. That's why we like these drivers. Right. They do go for the hard thing. Right. That's pretty cool. And guess who was the last winner in 2019? Sebastian Vettel. Sebastian Vettel, followed by Charles Leclerc. And so uh. it was a great race, and it Ferrari botched the strategy, and that's how Sebastian <laughs> won, because it should have been Charles. Oh, um, But Sebastian drove an unbelievable outlap after his pit stop and was able to blitz the lead from Charles and ended up winning the race. Wow. And it was a... Great race. Oh, I remember shoot. loving that one. We'll, so, we'll have to go back and review that one. Yeah, it was a great, great race. The racetrack, again, it's really bumpy. And because it's tight and there's the walls, kind of like Saudi Arabia and Monaco, there's definitely a lot of safety car like potential. Mm. And just a lot of like broken bits that. flying off of cars everywhere. So you get like a local yellow, a little, you know, sector one caution. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but it's, you know, it's a really good racetrack. I think with these new cars, it's going to really shine. I think we're going to see a little bit of like what we saw in Miami. Yeah. And I think that because of the intensity and the heat and some of these things, you just you just get the drivers on a different plane. One of the things that I kind of, <laughs> I probably shouldn't enjoy this, but for those of you who watched the first season of Drive to Survive, Sergio Perez and Esteban Ocon were teammates. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, this racetrack just really brings out the worst in the drivers, I it, think, too. It brings out the worst in Sebastian Ocon. <laughs> yeah. But uh, basically, I think that because it's so hot, they're sweating, they're just uncomfortable, bouncing like crazy. Uh, <laughs> Sergio <laughs> Perez took o Ocon out of this race, but when he was uh, going head-to-head -head with uh, one of the Williams, the, the guy was just holding up everybody. And he just wouldn't relent and his tires were trash. And everyone's just like on his gearbox, like move, just move. Like you're not going to hold the position. Yeah. It's a matter of time. <laughs> and Sergio Perez gets alongside him and just turns his wheel and literally just like slams tires with this guy. To get him off. To get, just be like, why did you hold me up? Like he was that frustrated. And like, that's what this race does to drivers. <laughs> it gets them it's like, hot and bothered. You yeah, see that kind of crap in a NASCAR, but it is a stock car. Yeah. You have plenty of body to smack without hurting your car. Yeah. But in a Formula One car, that is a risk. And, it, and so to see Sergio be like, I'm so sick of you and like turn in on this guy. Oh, I'm like, I got to go back and watch yeah, that. That's, that's crazy. awesome. So the level of intensity tire, is high. Tire to tire. Tire to tire. But he also, I think he did break a little bit of wing mm. and it oh, kind of awesome. screwed his race, but it was, was kind of funny. This is, is awesome. this is like the first um, street kind of circuit we've had in a while. Right. Recently, we've had a lot of fast, big racetracks. Yeah, Spa, Monza. Yeah. They, these, Zanvoort, they're all pretty like high-speed racetracks. Which is why this is going to be good news for Haas. Right. They are great in the corners and on low-speed tracks. Same with Ferrari. Yeah. And since they're both similar builds, this is more suited to them. Uh, yeah. So not only Haas fans are optimistic, but Ferrari fans oh. might be optimistic. As well, yep. Uh, I also think that we might see Mercedes in the mix a little more than we have. Why is that? Just because their car has been a little bit better on tracks that aren't so high speed dependent. Yeah. 
we saw them at Spa really struggle. They were 1.8 seconds off the pace, if you remember that radio call. Um, And so I think that we're going to see some of these teams that have been missing the last three races come back into contention. And Red Bull seems on like really strong form with a lot of momentum. But I really do think that Ferrari and and, uh, Mercedes are going to bring the fight this week. Cool. Um, I did see on Instagram, Kevin Magnuson posted that last time he was at Singapore, he got fastest lap. He might have. Oh, really? Which is cool. That is awesome. Anything that gives me hope that Haas is going to get close to that podium is amazing. Like, this could be a race. If there's a lot of safety car potential, if Haas is quick in the corners, we could see Mercedes crash into both Red Bulls and Ferraris. (laughs) And Haas will be there to sweep it up. George Russell has learned from Valtteri, and he is now the bowling ball. Yeah, exactly. Now I am the bowling ball. (laughs) Don't I'm know if captain. you guys have heard, yeah. but I'm the bowling ball now. It's pretty cool. That's <laughs> pretty cool. My girlfriend's really hot. <laughs> she likes bowling. Uh, yeah, but I think it's going to be a really great race. I'm excited. Yeah. I really am. I think this one's going to it's going to turn the corner on what has been. And I didn't even say this last week, but man, that triple header sucked. Yeah. <laughs> it was so boring. Each mm. race was terrible. Yeah. And so I'm really banking on this turning it around for us. Yeah, mm. we've had some really fast circuits. And if you've missed the past few races as a Haas boy, don't miss this one. This is the second slowest track next to Monaco uh, by average speed. Average speed in Monaco is 100 miles per hour. Average speed at Monza is 160. And the Singapore Grand Prix is 110. So it's actually by quite mm. a lot, the second the second uh, slowest. slowest. And so if you're going to watch a race yeah. and you're going to wake up early to watch a race with us, like, Make it this one. Yeah, this should be an interesting race, and uh, I think Mick is done putting it into the wall since a little while. <laughs> right, we and hope Kevin's been performing quite well, and so uh, put out all your good vibes for those two. Right. Well, and actually, just maybe to dance on that little news or that Ooh. little bit of Mick that you okay. just mentioned there is that dance away. The rumor mill has gotten quite loud that Nico Hulkenberg is set for the second seat at Haas. Shut up. Wow. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. (laughs) It would be kind of great. I feel for Mick in this scenario. Now, the only thing that I can think is that Haas just might have to admit to itself that the team that they are and the budget that they have, that a rookie or someone who's kind of new to the sport Mm -hmm. is a very high dollar investment. Not in their salary, but in the types of maneuvers and things that end up in a lot of repairs yeah. and so on and so forth. But Mick is getting past that. Right, he is. Uh, so yeah. this would be a bad he's time to let him it. go. Yeah. Well, they're probably not going to let him go though, right? But I think uh, that what it is is that there's leaving. potential that there's a move yeah. that yeah. we're not aware of quite yet. That seems to be his attitude is that he's on his way to something be- like bigger. Bigger, right. So if that takes place, it sounds like Nico Hulkenberg is coming to the team. That'd be crazy. Oh my gosh. And if awesome. you, him and Kevin even getting along? No, it's that's yeah. the best part of this is that other. there has been a lot of people asking Kevin, are you going to be able to be teammates with Nico Hulkenberg? Which is the iconic suck my balls conversation, yeah. which uh, pardon my French, but if you look this up on YouTube, you will know. We've already linked this once. We'll yeah, link it again, though. But basically, uh, be careful with what you're Googling in this. But, uh, <laughs> basically, Nico Hulkenberg and Kevin Magnuson had an exchange, and uh, Kevin had so much to say. But, you know... And Nico screwed him that yeah, race. Right. And so, but essentially... But he's a, you great, know, he's a great driver, though, right? Right. And Kevin's just a passionate, you know, driver. Yeah. And then in those scenarios, you're kind of like, yeah, screw you, dude. Yeah. But... I think that a racing driver is a racing driver. And if you don't act that way towards people, then what are you doing there? Yeah. So if you don't go for the insult, then you're not a racing driver. (laughs) Real quick, I wanted to ask, are there a lot of passing zones in Singapore? Monaco sucks sometimes because there's no way to pass. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely more racetrack in Singapore than there is in Monaco. Okay. So it's a little wider. There's definitely margin and air, areas for passing. And again, this is the first time yeah. we're going with a new car. I just genuinely want to know. I was like, is it, does it have that? Okay. Which is great for Haas because yeah. those guys might not attack a gap if they think they're going to wreck on a smaller course. And so on a nice, big, slow course, maybe they'll get more yeah. aggressive. Right. And I think, again, like if you compare, 
you know, a couple of races ago, I guess if we, if we go back to Monaco and we look at how close that race was the yeah. entire time that Sergio won, the Ferraris were nose to tail with him the entire time. Mm. They never left each other. And no. so I think if you had given Monaco a few, a few more inches for a car to go too wide, it, you would have had an amazing race. And mm-hmm. so that's my hope for Singapore. And I think we could definitely get that delivered based on just what we think these new cars can do and, uh, and, and how it's been shaken out this year. All right. Sweet. Heading to Singapore. Got a lot to look forward to. Keep it tuned here, folks. You're going to get all the best news. We talk about things that the mainstream media is too afraid to. We are... <laughs> We're digging up that dirt. Man. Big news. Dirt. Only on 88.3 AM. It's AM. <laughs> KPRGY. Bringing you the Haas news. The big corps don't want you to hear. Yeah, it's on the radio. Really hard to find. <laughs> We're on one radio station in Kansas. So keep it tuned here. Send us your questions. Thanks so much to Dip. That can't be his real name. That's got to be a handle. I don't know, man. Dip Dempsey? Short for Dip Third? Dipford? Dipford. Dipchurd? Dipson? Oh, Dipson? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Doesn't that sound like a lead actor in like a rom-com? Starring Dip Dempsey. It does, yeah. Meg Foster. Maybe because there's Patrick Dempsey, yeah. (laughs) But Dip Dempsey. Which Patrick Dempsey is a race car driver. You guys know this, yeah. right? I know he yeah, models yeah. for Porsche a lot. Yeah. I just thought it was because he's a hunk. He actually won <laughs> Le Mans. He won, a, won his Patrick class. Patrick Dempsey has won Le Mans? Yeah. Lee Mans? Lee Mans. Isn't uh, Michael Fassbender also racing? Yeah, he races for a Porsche team. Has he won Lee Mans? Pretty well. He really? actually has a really cool YouTube series around that that everyone should check out. He's like my favorite actor. Yeah, he's a really cool guy. If I could afford any car, it would be <laughs> Michael, Michael Fassbender. Fassbender. <laughs> Good choice. Thanks. It's a hard model to find. But. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a model. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Send us your drunk messages. Send us your questions. They can be sober. It's okay. Yeah, drink responsibly. Message responsibly. Yeah. Right. In an F1 car or in your car. Just make sure you're in your car. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> not moving. And not sure. Yeah. Whichever. Whatever. And go. send us your video messages. We love those. And uh, thanks for listening. We Thank appreciate you. it. Muchas gracias. Bye. Bye. Adios. Explain to our view. Try again. <laughs>